At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Rob Longo. Hi, friends, and welcome to today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast, the official podcast of the Charlotte Hornets, presented by Senta. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates are the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care providers of the Hornets. Rob Longo with you today after Charlotte's 130-127 win in Atlanta last night as the Hornets are able to shake off their three-game skid despite a number of players out due to health and safety protocols, improving to a 14-11 and mark on the season and now sit in sixth place in the Eastern Conference at the start of business today. But Buzz City doesn't have much time to savor this one as it's also a game day edition of the HHC. The Hornets return to the high for a three-game homestand that begins tonight against the Philadelphia 76ers. Plus, we got to talk about Kelly Oubre, who has an interesting connection to the Hornets that dates back to his childhood. We'll discuss that here on the Hornets Hivecast today with the author of that story, Sam Perley of Hornets.com. Sam, thank you for joining me today once again as we continue this wild and wonderful ride that is Hornets basketball this season. Thank you again rob for having me as always again i would like to give a disclaimer to everybody if you came here for a silver linings edition we don't have it it's only gold stars today what a win last night in atlanta and yeah let's get to it let's break it down yeah we have plenty to get to on today's episode of the hhc so let's get right into this recap both teams started off shooting well from the floor as both teams were tied at 30 after the first quarter the biggest disparity was that atlanta was eight for eight from the foul line while the hornets did not reach the charity stripe until the second quarter kelly Oubre carried the load in the first frame for Charlotte going for 11 points. DJ Washington kick out Ubre catch and shoot straightaway three bottoms up Kelly Ubre Jr. Yet another Lowe's drilling three point shot. He's got nine early and the Hornets have taken a 20 to 17 lead. Timeout Nate McMillan. 
The Hornets are able to open up a double-digit lead in the second quarter thanks to an 11-2 run in the quarter. Charlotte led by 7 going into the locker room, 68-61. Gordon Hayward was the leading scorer at that point with 14 points. The third quarter was another stalemate as both teams put up 31 points coming out of the locker room. During that 12-minute period, the Hawks had a 9-0 run, but the Hornets countered with a 16-5 run later in the stanza. The fourth quarter was just a wild one. Despite the Hornets reaching the century mark first, Atlanta regained the lead thanks to a 13-2 run at the beginning of the quarter, but Kelly Oubre hit another big-time bucket to tie the game at 112 with five and a half to play. Hornets in a three-on-three. They give to Cody Martin. Cross court for Oubre. Feet set. Three flies. It's good. Kelly Oubre Jr. Yet another Lowe's drilling three-point shot, and it ties the game at 112 apiece. From there, the Hornets were able to extend the lead to six on multiple occasions, but the final dagger came from P.J. Washington. Ish Smith draining the clock. Shot clock at eight. Ish Smith lobbed to Martin running the baseline. Head fake leaves it. P.J. Washington throws down the right-handed Dr. Pepper dunk, and the lead is back to five. 11 for P.J. Washington. Timeout, Atlanta. Atlanta hit a three as time expired to make the score a little closer, but at the end of the day, the Hornets moved to 14-11 and 11 on the season, despite no LaMelo Ball, no Terry Rozier, no Mason Plumlee, and no Jalen McDaniels, who were all out due to health and safety protocols. With that said, Sam, the Hornets have had some really impressive wins this season. You go back to the Golden State game at home where they beat the Warriors, taking out the Nets for the third game of the season, but was this the best win so far for Charlotte? Oh, I mean, I think it has to be considering the circumstances. I mean, you talk about the Golden State win, I think was obviously really impressive, but I think if you, you know, consider the circumstances and you consider what the team has gone through in the last 36 hours, you have your whole starting backcourt out, you have your starting centers out, who they've really struggled with during this three-game losing streak without defensively, and then you have Jalen McDaniels playing tremendous uh, off the bench right now, and just to kind of piece together and figure out what you're going to do uh, with this rotation in the span of just a day. You didn't have practice yesterday or on Saturday. They kind of did like a abbreviated walkthrough. I mean, this has. I mean, just you know, the NBA is weird sometimes. I mean, that's just it's just a weird thing. You know, on paper you think one thing's going to happen, and then a completely different thing unfolds, and other guys step up and have big performances, and it's a really really cool to see. And then last night was a really cool game for the Hornets. I don't, I don't have a more technical term, but just see so many different guys kind of step up and get this this road win in Atlanta was awesome. Just awesome and, and really, really impressive and indicative of sort of the resiliency and the heart that this team has displayed really since James Borrego got here. JB said before the game that he didn't really know what the rotation was going to look like. He didn't know who was going to get the bulk of the minutes just because of all of the disparity with the health and safety protocols. But the one thing he said after the game is this game was winnable and they knew it. Well, the group was locked in. They, they believed, number one. So it wasn't a mystery that we could go win this game. We felt like we could go win this game. If everybody did their job, pulled in the right direction, played with great heart and resiliency, we were going to get this thing done. There was no doubt about that. There was full confidence going into the game, number one. The mentality was right. And I saw it from the from the tip. you got to give Ish a ton of credit. He set the tone for us. You know, this is a guy that's – he's been there all year. He's been a, a true pro, helped us win, has found himself out of a lineup, and he stepped up tonight. It was his – his will, his professionalism, that really jolted us, you know, to start this game. And the group followed the, the game plan, especially, you know, offensively. You know, defensively, they're a great offense. You know, they're going to be a challenge for us defensively. But we just battled and uh, a very resilient win tonight.
Sam, I think JB said it best there, especially complimenting Ish Smith, who finishes with 18 points, a season high, five rebounds, seven assists. He did a little bit of everything in the win. And, you know, this is a guy that we haven't seen a whole lot this year. There was a couple of times where we have seen Ish get some DNPs. There were some coaches' decisions that he simply did not play. But when the time came that he had to step up, he certainly did it last night. Yeah, I mean, what more can you say? This is why he's been in the league for 11, 12 years now. I mean, he's just a pro's pro, true veteran always ready. I think I remember said it on an earlier podcast, maybe back when, when he signed with the Hornets set. I hated when the Hornets played Ish Smith because he was always just so sneaky good. It just, it drove you nuts. And I think last night was one of those performances that if he wasn't on the Hornets, I was rooting for the Hawks, it would have driven me crazy because he really, really did a good job. I think what stood out to me most is the way he kind of kept the Hornets offense and that tempo going with LaMelo and Terry out. I think JB said it earlier in the season that the tempo is kind of the same and the pace they play with. I think Ish does it more with the ball in his hands, whereas Lamelo's pace kind of moves a little bit more with the pass in terms of you know speeding things up. And I mean, after makes, after misses, Ish is getting the ball and pushing it. I mean, he really, really keyed that offense to just season high 18 points. I mean, he's just just tremendous. And I think he really, really set the tone for that Hornets offense and getting everybody involved and getting to the rim and uh, hit a couple big threes, had a block there, so he did a little bit of everything. It was awesome to see, particularly that, like you said, he's been kind of waiting on the bench for. On a couple weeks now. With that said, Ish Smith is not my gold star, but he's pretty darn close to it, and he warrants a little bit more discussion as well because, you know, keep in mind, this is a reason why he was brought in. He is that veteran presence that can come in and give whatever the team needs. And the biggest thing that stood out to me in the box score last night was the Hornets only had one turnover in the first half. They finished with six, so, you know, obviously there was a little bit more turnovers in the second half, but the fact that they did not turn the ball over at all, I mean, six turnovers is well below this team's average the entire season and the way that this roster was constructed for last night's game you would have thought that it might have been a season high in turnovers just because there's not a lot of chemistry with some of the guys and some of the pieces that were out there at the same time on the floor but in this case it did not matter so a huge cap tip to ish smith but with that said sam i'll go ahead and let you go with your gold star performance from last night's win well, as always, I want to give as many of these away as possible, but I think it's got to be Miles Bridges, at least for me personally. I mean, he just absolutely tremendous, really. I mean, this is kind of the Miles we saw last year. I think a better version of it, but the end of last season when LaMelo was out, when Gordon was out, when Devontae Graham was kind of in and out, Malik Monk, I mean, he really, really stepped up when he got into that starting lineup, and now has already taken the step forward, 32 points. That fourth quarter was incredible. I mean, he finished with 13 points, just made really, really good, timely decisions with his shot selection. He had 13 points in the fourth quarter, 4-4 shooting, 4-4 from the free throw line. I think we said it was 113-112. Hornets went on a 12-5 run. He scored seven of those 12 points in between like five and a half minutes and then about a minute to go. Hornets lead got pushed to six and kind of, I think, basically had sort of the dagger with about a minute left. But I thought he's just, I mean, that's exactly what the Hornets needed. They needed a guy to step up shorthanded. You need more scoring. You need more playmaking. You need to get guys involved and he did it all. Just really, really outstanding. Uh, I'll give all my gold stars, all of them. Give them to Miles Bridges. 4.05 left in the first quarter. Miles Bridges one-on-one -on -one with Hill. Goes to his right, blinds in the lane, goes up and throws down a right-handed tomahawk. Miles Bridges. 
can't go wrong with Miles Bridges with the pick. I mean, he did have a game-high 32 points after all. Really effective, too. I mean, 11-15 from the floor, 4-6 beyond the arc. Perfect from the foul line, 6-6. Six six, four rebounds, four assists, three steals. The guy did it all last night, so he was certainly worthy of a gold star performance, and he also finishes only a plus four and a plus minus, but that's because he logged 40 minutes out there as well. For my gold star performance, I have to go a little bit off the beaten path with Cody Martin. Down to the blocks, Collins can't handle it. Steal by the Hornets, P.J. Washington claiming the turnover. Bridges, cross court to Martin, catch and shoot three from the corner, it's good! A career high, 17 points for Cody Martin. Timeout Atlanta. Cody Martin finishes with 19 points. Once again, still a career high. 6 of 11 from the floor, 50% from beyond the arc at 3 for 6. 4 for 4 from the foul line, 6 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals. The defense was still there, even though he was able to do a little bit more offensively as well. I think I've said it a couple times, especially on the more recent podcast, Sam, but the offensive improvement for Cody Martin this season, based off last year, you could have not asked for more out of a guy like Cody Martin. Yeah, I mean, like I said, just been really, really tremendous. It's definitely taken a huge jump forward this year you know I think last you get accustomed to do he kind of does a little bit of everything he's doing you know four or five points a few rebounds a couple assists a steal and now that's all been kind of amplified this year I mean you're getting 19 points from him in a game and I it's almost it's almost 22 he had a three-pointer that initially got counted at the third quarter buzzer that got waved off after they reviewed it but you could just feel how much the Hornets missed him these last two games when they didn't have him, I missed the Milwaukee game and the, um, the Chicago game as well. You just feel him not out there. It's kind of weird to say, but he just is everywhere. He's getting little things, making deflections, you know, attacking the basket, free throws, three-point shots. I mean, he's just doing it all. I mean, have guys that can just, like we said about Miles Bridges, that can kind of do so many different things. It's so invaluable to have a guy like Cody Martin out there, just a huge resource, huge weapon for your team, and a guy that knows his role, but at the same time, when you need him, he stepped up tonight or last night against the Hawks. So, yeah, definitely Cody Martin for sure is is certainly worthy of a gold star pick. Some more housekeeping notes as well. Miles Bridges, his sixth 30-point game or more so far this season with 32 points last night. Gordon Hayward in double figures with 18. Kelly Oubre, 28 points. We didn't even talk about him, but he was 6-10 from beyond the arc. Ish Smith, again, 18 points. Cody Martin with those 19 off the bench. And P.J. Washington had a double-double with 13 points and 11 rebounds. But the thing that stood out to me with P.J. was he ended up being a plus 17 in the plus-minus. No, by the way, he gets everybody in the Charlotte area and elsewhere in North Carolina some half-off Domino's pizza today as well. This was all despite a 31-point performance from John Collins, 28 points from Kevin Herter, and 25 points from Trey Young on the other side. The Hornets able to weather the storm without a lot of key players in a 130-127 to win in Atlanta last night. But coming up next, we got to talk about Kelly Oubre, who's just been a fantastic pickup this offseason for the Hornets, and he has a little bit of an interesting connection to the Hornets' nickname as well. We'll talk about that next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Cataracts made it hard to see clearly. Even movies were blurry. So I went to Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. Now movies are as clear and sharp as they once were. The doctors at Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates offer cataract surgery using the newest technology and lenses with short recovery times. See like you once did. Schedule your appointment today at ceenta.com slash appointments. Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates. They just make sense.
Rob Longo and Sam Purley, the lead writer on Hornets.com, with you today on this edition of the Hornets Hivecast. Mentioned it right before the break. Kelly Oubre Jr., 28 points last night. He has just been a great driving force for this Hornets team, whether he has stepped up into the starting lineup based off of injuries, health and safety protocols, or just coming off the bench and hitting threes whenever he is called upon. He has been able to do it all offensively for the Hornets this season. Sam Purley had a really good story just a few days ago on Hornets.com about Kelly Oubre. It's titled, How Charlotte's Loss Became Kelly Oubre Jr.'s Gain. So to give you the clip notes of it a little bit, Kelly Oubre is from New Orleans originally. When he was growing up, that was when the first installment of the Hornets moved from Charlotte down into New Orleans. And then Hurricane Katrina hit. Kelly Oubre was displaced, unfortunately, ended up moving to Houston. And if you listen to a couple episodes ago of the Hornets Hivecast with Sam Farber, when he sat down with Kelly Oubre, you were able to already kind of know this information. But, you know, he just kind of goes back to some of his favorite players, how the Hornets were able to just be a very big impact on him. They were a big influence on him growing up. And, you know, he kind of mentions in the story about how if it wasn't for the Hornets, he probably would not be where he is today in the NBA play basketball and then you know of course moving to Texas he was able to kind of realize that there's more than just the Hornets in the NBA was able to expand his horizons a little bit and and watch some more basketball but Sam I just thought it was such an interesting story I just wanted to get your takeaways from putting it together I know it was kind of a comment that Kelly mentioned in a post-game press conference kind of in passing and you were able to kind of dig a little bit deeper into the story so I just wanted to get you know some of your takeaways that you had from this story and maybe some things that maybe didn't make the cut as well yeah well thank you again as always for the feedback yeah just simple as that he, he made a comment in passing i think it was after the orlando game right before thanksgiving and he said something about you know the new orleans hornets were my favorite team growing up and you know watch guys like chris paul and david west and jamal mashburn and i kind of just instantly thought that's kind of interesting you know don't really you know it, it's weird that sort of that new era of new orleans basketball there's already kind of fandom of kind of into the nba now and I know there's been a couple guys that have played for both, and I might have to circle back and get on the list. No, Brian Roberts, Marco Bellinelli have played for both franchises. Kelly obviously does not play for the Hornets, but did root for them. And yeah, really kind of inspired his love for basketball. He was doing martial arts at the time, and I think he got the team. And, you know, it was such a challenging time, especially as a Hornets fan at the time. I was, you know, this team is leaving. You're kind of confused why and what's going on. And they, oh, wow, they can really do this thing. But you also think about, you know, it opened doors for a lot of people in New Orleans and opened a whole market there and probably inspired a lot of basketball fans there that you don't really understand or think about necessarily so and Kelly Oubre was one of them you know you could say the same thing probably when Vancouver Grizzlies moved to Memphis you know back in 2001 kind of around the same time but yeah it's just it's kind of crazy to think that you know it was such a really you know confusing sad time for Hornets fans I mean opened this whole world for Kelly Oubre and then to kind of you know became fandom and obviously had to relocate because of Hurricane Katrina and then was became a McDonald's All-American, and then uh, I, I mentioned in it that you know Chris Paul was a big part of those New Orleans Hornets down there. He actually ends up getting traded for Chris Paul last year from Phoenix to Oklahoma City. Um, so that's and then now he's you know playing for the Hornets. It's very much kind of a cool sort of full circle journey for him in the sense of rooting for the Hornets, now playing for the Hornets again, two different cities. So uh, I just thought it was really cool and, and to, to kind of have that. He just said in passing, he dove a little deeper, and it's just weird to think that when things happen, it kind of alters our life or can alter your life and the direction it goes, whether you know it or not. So that was kind of the 
I guess, the envision going into it. So um, I really enjoyed it, and I appreciate the feedback from you from reading it. And to take the one point that you had there, Sam, one step further about how it inspired so many people in the New Orleans area and created a basketball market there, it probably did the same thing whenever the Hornets were displaced for that season and had to go to Oklahoma City as well, based off of, you know, now that that OKC is a basketball market. I mean, the the Thunder are there now, and it just kind of, you know, progresses from one step to the next, and it's just kind of interesting how all those things work out. But, you know, to circle back based on the impact that Kelly Oubre has had on this team, he just seems like such a down-to-earth guy. You probably were able to pick that up on Sam Farber's interview with him just a couple of days ago on a Hornets Hivecast. So if you haven't been able to check in on that one, please go back and listen to it. It was very insightful, very great interview by Kelly. You learned a lot about him. But Sam, again, I think we've talked about this a couple times on the podcast, or at least I have, was I wasn't sure how Kelly was going to be able to fit with this team coming in just based off of seeing him play. Obviously, Golden State didn't work out, but I think Golden State was just not a very good fit for him because, you know, the Warriors wanted him to be Clay Thompson. And as good as a shooter that Kelly Oubre is, he is simply just not Clay Thompson. There's very few people in the entire NBA or at least in the, even in the history of the NBA that can be such a great shooter as Clay Thompson. But the way that Kelly Oubre has been able to morph, he always talks about changing to water and that kind of stuff, you know, the tsunami poppy moniker and all that stuff. It just seems like whatever this team needs, he is able to do it. Yeah, he's been tremendous. He's really bought into his role with this team. And, you know, I think, you know, you looked at it, he's basically started everywhere he's been. He started in Washington, he started in Phoenix, he started in Golden State. You know, I think the Golden State fit was a little bit of a weird situation just because I think they kind of had to maybe scramble to get him considering, you know, the timing of Clay Thompson's injury and the the shortened offseason last year. But, you know, I don't think the starting stuff really matters necessarily. I mean, he's finishing a lot of games for the Hornets right now. He's one of the last five out on the court. I, I assume he was in that Atlanta game. Um, you know, look at his averages. I mean, he, and he's filled in really nicely in the starting lineup when they need him, too. I mean, how much of a luxury is that? You had Terry missing a bunch of games to start the year. He comes in, seamless fit. He's played the two guard. He can play the three spot. Um, and now you have him back in the starting lineup. And what's he do? He goes out. Scores 28 points, does it really, really efficiently. He had eight points in that fourth quarter, hit a big three, I think, to kind of get tie the game and then to kind of push them ahead down the stretch. I mean, what a luxury to have. And this is something the Hornets really kind of needed the last couple of years, just a guy, instant offense, long wing defender, multiple position kind of guy off the bench can come in, can just drain a couple threes. And, and he's just been a pleasure to watch. I mean, I, I get to, you know, talk to him a little bit. He, like you said, he's very soft-spoken. And you look at his numbers now, he's 16 points per game. He's averaging almost 30% from three, four rebounds, 46% from the field. I mean, just a huge, huge, you know, it can't be said enough about like the Cody Martins and the guys that just buy into their roles and do what they're asked to do. And when you need them to step up, like you needed Cody Martin to step up, Kelly Oubre, they step up. So, um, he's been instrumental in the team's success this season thus far, for sure. It's titled How Charlotte's Loss Became Kelly Oubre Jr.'s Gain. You can check it out on Hornets.com. The one and only Sam Perley was able to just whip up a really good piece to kind of dive into the background and how Kelly Oubre really got his start in basketball and how he was influenced on the Charlotte Hornets becoming the New Orleans Hornets and how he was able to transform from there. Pairs very well with Sam Farber's interview of Kelly from over the past weekend with Kelly here on the HHC. So definitely recommend you checking out both of those to get a really good understanding of the man that is Kelly Oubre Jr., Tsunami Poppy, Wave Poppy, whatever you want to call him, who has just been a great pickup for the Hornets this season. 
Of course, it is a game day, so we got to get to our game day preview. The Hornets taking on the 76ers at Spectrum Center tonight. You can still get your tickets at Hornets.com, but we'll preview the matchup next right here on the Hornets Hivecast brought to you by Senta. Hornets fans, it's time to get some new gear. The best selection of new and classic Hornets apparel is at the Hornets Fan Shop, now with new extended hours. Stop by Spectrum Center Wednesday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. to pick up the latest in jerseys, Jordans, and more. Or you can shop from the comfort of your own home 24-7 with just a click of a button at HornetsFanshop.com. An easy trip on the light rail, you'll be sure to find something for everyone at the Hornets Fan Shop. Rob Longo and Sam Pearlie with you here on today's edition of the Hornets Hivecast. It is a game day edition of the HHC as the Hornets are on the second night of a back-to-back are coming home to the Hive to take on the Philadelphia 76ers who currently sit in ninth in the Eastern Conference with a 12-11 and record as the Hornets are 14-11 and sitting currently in sixth place in the Eastern Conference. But the Hornets have not played very well on the second night of a back-to-back, whatever it may be. So maybe it'll be a little bit different as Charlotte is able to come home for this one at least and they're facing an interesting opponent in the Philadelphia 76ers obviously you have guys like Joel Embiid Andre Drummond that provide a lot of size on the other side for the Sixers who is probably going to be in some trouble because of the way that the health and safety protocols have shook out for the Hornets with no Mason Plumlee probably going to see a heavy dose of Nick Richards tonight I would imagine of course PJ Washington at the stretch five the Hornets also are trying to snap a 14 game losing streak to the Sixers I don't remember it off the top of my head but Sam can probably fill me in. I think I want to say the last win for the Hornets against the Sixers was back in 2016, I want to say. So it's been quite some time. But Sam, what are some of your keys to look at for tonight's game? Yes, Rob, it has been since 2016. November 2nd was the team's last win against the 76ers. 14 straight losses. I am tired of losing to Philadelphia. I need a win sometime this week. Get two chances at it. A little weird scheduling cork. The Hornets will play the 76ers again on Wednesday. But focusing on tonight, first and foremost, like you said, you hit the nail on the head. The size stuff has been a real challenge for the Hornets when it comes to facing the 76ers. You've seen a lot of different teams during this kind of skid they've been on against him, but the constant has been Joel Embiid. 11 career games against the Hornets. He's averaging 25 points, 12 rebounds, and two and a half blocks, also taking over nine free throw attempts in a game. He's also never lost to the Hornets. It's a weird thing. He's 11-0 all-time against the Hornets. They've got a lot of other guys. Tobias Harris has been great for them. Danny Green's a big guy. Seth Curry's having a great year. They found a lot of success with Tyrese Maxey, Andre Drummond, like you said, Matisse Thibel. I mean, they just have a little bit of everything. They're really, really well-balanced and kind of similar to the Hornets. They dealt with their own sort of health and safety protocol-related situation for most of November. They had Embiid out for a long time. They had Harris out. They had Thibel out. I think they went 2-8 and eight over a 10-game stretch between the 8th and the 27th. So they're kind of on the other side of it. So like we said, it's just one of those things you just with the NBA now, you just got to kind of find a way. Hornets found a way against the Hawks with these absences and you just do the best you can and like they did you you find a way to persevere so hopefully the Hornets can get one tonight I know that was a lot it was a mouthful there but there's the Sixers in in 90 seconds right there there you have it uh no we can just end the podcast right there no I'm just kidding but you know the Sixers in their last 10 currently are four and six but they've had a few days off the last time they played ironically enough was Friday in Atlanta taking out the Hawks 98 to 96 it was an interesting one Atlanta led that game for the majority of the second half and the Sixers were just kind of able to chip away in the second half.
half. I think they led late in the fourth quarter for the first time since I think it was a 35-34 game in the second quarter. So Philly was able to kind of persevere and pick out a big win against the Hawks, who have now lost two straight after last night's game against the Hornets. But at any rate, one of the things that I'm looking forward to, Sam, is seeing what Miles Bridges can do once again tonight. He talked about it last night after the game about how he just needs to kind of you know, do whatever he can to keep this thing going with the way that he's been able to play. Finding my teammates. If I, if I get double teamed, I just got to find my teammates. If I get double teamed, somebody's open. I just got to adjust to adjust to people. You know what I'm saying? So I, I'm good at adjusting. So I, I feel like I'll be good. Miles certainly is good at adjusting, Sam. But I feel like that's a lot easier said than done when, you know, you got double teams coming after you. You got different guys getting thrown on you offensively. And then, of course, you always got to worry about the defensive side of the ball as well. You know, there's been a couple of times where the Hornets collectively have gotten in foul trouble, whether that was LaMelo Ball picking up two or three quick fouls in the game. Nick Richards getting in some foul trouble. The Bigs have gotten in foul trouble a couple of times this season. Miles has been one of those guys that's been pretty good, but at the same time, it's really tough whenever you're getting keyed on on both sides of the floor. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be kind of the guy over this, whatever it is, maybe week and a half, two-week stretch, at least so the Hornets can get back full stretch. I mean, he's going to be the go-to guy. Kelly Oubre is going to be one of those guys to start zeroing in on a little bit more, and it's maybe a little unfamiliar, um, but that just means you're going to need more from Gordon Hayward. You're going to need more from Cody Martin. I mean, not that those guys aren't producing right now, but it's just kind of the way this thing's worked. There's a little bit of a pecking order. And like I said, you got, you got last night, James Booknight got his feet wet in this first kind of significant NBA minutes. JT Thor, I thought had some good flashes of defense. I know he didn't score, but had a couple rebounds and did, you know, held his own at times against Clint Capella down in the post. So when guys start throwing double teams at Miles and Kelly and some of these guys, it's up to Ish Smiths and everybody else. I mean, everybody's going to kind of have to step up just a little bit. It's a kind of a, I guess, chain reaction or trickle down effect when you have, you know, big time scorers like LaMelo and Terry out. Everyone's got to do a little bit more. So Hornets are up for the challenge last night. Hopefully they can be up for the challenge again tonight against a, uh, a really good 76ers team that's getting healthier and healthier. With that said, Sam, one more question to get you out the door on. Give me one key statistic, one matchup, one player that you really want to focus on for this matchup. Maybe might be an X factor going into tonight's game against the Sixers. Yeah, I think it's, it's more matchup driven, but I'm really looking at that Kelly Oubre, Steph Curry matchup. I think Curry, you know, has been overshadowed maybe a little bit by his brother, but he's been extraordinary this year for Philly, averaging a career high 16 points. Second season with the 76ers, he's 50-40-90 right now. He's the leader. He's 51% for a shooting guard. He's tops in the league right now from field goal percentage. He's averaging almost 20 points per game over the last five games. Really, really good mid-range shooter. I think that's something that's kind of he gets overlooked on. But he's shooting 56% from the mid-range right now. It's third best amongst NBA players with 50 attempts. So I think it's a guy he's really, really, you know, developed a nice career for himself in terms of going undrafted and going to the G League route and stuff. So he's a really, really tremendous scorer um, and is doing it at all three levels right now. So I think Kelly Oubre, big-time defensive performance is going to be necessary tonight against uh, a red-hot Seth Curry. It's an interesting matchup. It's one that is really intriguing on both sides for both the Hornets and the Sixers. For me, I'm probably going to go with a matchup of the bigs once again. I don't know you know, who's going to be the main guy at the five tonight for the Hornets. I mean, it might be Nick Richards again. He did get to start last night. He ended up only playing seven minutes just because of the way that the game shook out, but obviously you got P.J. Washington that can come off the bench, and how are they going to handle guys like Joel Embiid and Andre Drummond? I mean, they're kind of two different 
different bigs in a sense where, you know, Drummond's your more prototypical center who grabs your rebound, stays near the basket, where Joel Embiid can kind of float out to the three-point line and burn you from deep as well. So I'm interested to see how that shakes out, especially the way that the Hornets were able to handle Clint Capella last night. He only finished with eight points. The points in the paint was a big disparity last night, 50-36 to in favor of the Hawks. But at the end of the day, the Hornets were able to drill 17 three-pointers, shoot 45% beyond the arc, and have a 53.5% clip from the floor in general as well. And they were able to get to the foul line a good bit too, 28 times, and able to convert 21 of those. So should be a good one tonight here at the Hive. Hope you can join us here on either the Hornets Radio Network or in person. Tickets still available at Hornets.com or on the Hornets mobile app. And of course, if you can't make it, we'll have coverage for you beginning at 7 o'clock on the Hornets Radio Network or 6 o'clock on the flagship sports radio WFNZ if you are within listening distance. Sam Perley, the lead writer of Hornets.com, thank you once again for joining me today on the HHC. Thank you, as always, for having me, Rob. And thanks to all of you for tuning in as well. Of course, we will have a recap edition of the Hornets Hivecast tomorrow for you, breaking this one down and giving you baseline-to-baseline coverage of all things Charlotte Hornets. For Sam Burley, I'm Rob Longo saying thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit hornets.com.